Hey you, it's been a while. It's been a long while, like a month since I've recorded an episode. And I've had a few good reasons, but primarily I just needed a break. It can be a lot jumping into a new hobby and, you know, doing it every week. And then obviously I started doing it bi-weekly, so I just needed a break. I needed time to, you know, reset. And if you um, have seen it on my Instagram, I started a new necklace line, Happily Mental Jewelry, on Instagram. If you want to check it out, if you haven't already, it's super cool. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, but I really wanted to get into it. And I have a guest today, and we have been trying to record this episode for so long, but with lockdowns and restrictions, we weren't able to, and us both having to work so hard to, you know, make money. It's been hard to find time, but luckily we did, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Um, I'm in a new location today. I'm moving back to Kingston. So it's going to be a little bit louder because I'm in the city now. But yeah, I'm moving back to Kingston. I got a new job. I started this jewelry line. And I'm really happy to be recording again. So without further ado, I really hope you love this episode. Um, okay, I'll check back in at the end. Enjoy. Hi, Mercedes. Hey, Shayna. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited. I'm honestly so excited to be a guest right now. Okay, we have been trying to do this episode like for months. Like I honestly think two, like two when, to three months. When was the lockdown? Like before that? Yeah. Was lockdown. So. Was it? April? I honestly well, was that April? March? <laughs> February? Yeah. I swear it was so long because I just remember like scrolling like. It was kind of like on a, you know, social media hiatus for a little while there. And then I saw Happily Mental and I'm like, Shayna, Happily Mental, what is this? Yeah. Started looking in more and I'm like, oh my gosh. Whoa. I need to know more. I need to see more. I need to listen to more. <laughs> since we haven't, like we didn't see each other for a long time since elementary school. Yes. But I think our personalities are, like, very similar. So whenever we did see each other, it was like, oh, hey, how's it going? It's so, so true. Now, so, yeah, we haven't seen each other all the time since then. But, like, it, we've just been talking and it's, like, so easy. It feels so natural. And I feel like we're just, like you said, personality and just, like, I think we're just very like-minded. We're yeah. very like-minded people, very chill, open. Which makes sense because... The reason Mercedes is on the episode today is because we went through psychosis together. Psychosis, psychosis sisters! <laughs> oh my god. We need those on t-shirts. Can we have... Oh my god. We're going to have t-shirts. We're going to have bracelets now. Yeah, I can make us a necklace of psychosis sisters. It's like this unspoken of, like, yeah. group. Yeah. And there's not very... I feel like there's a couple different types of post-psychosis some people go through it again which i'm not saying that we won't yeah it's a possibility it is but recovery is hard and i'm really interested to see like hear how you went through yours because mine was brutal but i always knew that i wanted i wanted more i didn't want to be in it forever me either 
So I'm very excited to hear, like, interested to hear. Were you aware that you were in a psychosis when you were in a psychosis? Okay. (laughs) No. Yeah, neither did I. (laughs) Okay, good. Not one bit. I thought everything, I thought I was, like, Miley Cyrus. Right? Yeah. I thought I was rich. (laughs) I drained my bank accounts, Shana. I was throwing $100 bills like they were nothing. Yeah. Oh, man. That's normal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Who would have thought psychosis? Not me. Did you know what psychosis was before you had psychosis? No, I didn't. I never even heard of it. So how long ago now? It's been two years. Two years. 2019. It was, Mm -hmm. it was March. I almost have it to the day too. Mm -hmm. It was like March 13th, 2019. It was like a week or two after my birthday, my 24th birthday. I went to the keg, got super fancy uh, you know, I was still going to school at Queens, so it really took everyone by surprise. It took me by surprise, obviously, yeah. but like everyone definitely looked at me thinking like, oh, what the heck's going on? Like she was fine two weeks ago. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. I do family support groups, like I'll speak and answer questions for families, and a lot of them say it took them by surprise. Mm. Did it ruin our lives? Heck no. It made me, it, it- probably... <laughs> Made me a better person, if anything, which is weird, which is super, super weird. But, like, I almost wouldn't trade that experience because, Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't be me right now who I am talking to you if I didn't go through that. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. I would not take it back. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It's all about breaking the stigma, I feel like, this podcast. I feel like that's, Mm -hmm. like, what the mission statement would be. That's kind of the resounding theme I get when I listen to every one of your podcasts, which I effing love, might I add. Um, So, like, basically, like, I think one thing people don't understand is addiction and mental health truly go hand in hand. And I was so skeptical of that until I was put in that position but like it really really is like people do not necessarily choose to be an addict there's something else going on there is a deeper issue yeah so in my case um I started going down a really bad path in life for a little while um I was going to Queens you know I was on route like life was good Mm -hmm. um but I met someone who is significantly older than me, uh, who I thought I could trust. I thought they could be a mentor to me. They showed me, like, you know, if you do this, this is what you can have. This individual had everything. They owned multiple businesses. Um, but long story short, they, they weren't a good person. Um and garbage person absolutely and this individual trapped me in a home against my will and uh did not great things uh sexual assault we're gonna leave it that it was a sexual assault uh and in turn while that was all happening this individual got me addicted to some harder things other than just marijuana So that was a cycle of which I had to break. And that is ultimately what led me to have a psychosis in 2019. I want to say thank you for sharing this because I can guarantee you someone's going to listen and someone's going to relate. I hope someone does. Like, I I really do. I just, yeah. it. And no (sighs) one deserves to go through that. No. 
like taking it no one deserves to be taken advantage of and just because you can doesn't mean you should and i think uh the biggest thing is it's like when you're in those situations like a lot of people have this you know this narrative i think a lot just because of movies and stuff that like you're kicking and fighting and screaming and running and it's like that's not always the case no not at all um so fight or flight does kick in so i tried to fight i tried to leave this individual would block doorways push me away from doorways uh eventually i ran to the back door and i tried to kick in the screen and i broke it and he dragged he threw me to the ground and dragged me across the floor by my feet back to the living room uh so like i couldn't get away so then by that point when the other uh events happened i just kind of submitted i didn't fight i didn't scream I didn't run away because I felt I couldn't because I tried already. He broke you. Yeah, he broke me down to nothing. Yeah. So then in turn, because of all the hurt that I endured from that, I spent probably a year and a half just in denial. And then within that year and a half, I was primarily smoking a copious amount of marijuana. That was the big thing. It was the marijuana. But on top of that, I will admit, I was doing a harder substance. I'm just going to say the name. It was cocaine. I was doing cocaine, not necessarily every day, not even necessarily every weekend, but I was habitually using it. And that definitely probably did not help my scenario. Fair to say. Yeah. But ultimately, it was found that it was the marijuana Oddly enough, the one thing cannabis induces. Yeah, baby. Yeah, everyone thinks. Everyone was telling me, "Oh, you must have been on crystal. Like you must have been doing cocaine." And it's like, no, my blood test or not my blood, my pee test came back. It was extremely high levels of THC. My mom said the doctors couldn't believe how much THC I had in my system. Wow. They're like, we've never seen this before. So even in 2019, they were questioning you, saying, what else did you do? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. they were, how many times someone asked me, so what did you really do? Yep. So what else did you do, Shayna? Tell me. Tell us what you did. And I'm like, just weed. So still in 2019, they're doing that shit. Yep. See, it's, it's hard to believe. No one, no one understands that, like, weed has a lot of benefits. But we need to talk about what else can happen. Because you don't know until it hits you. And when it hits you, there's no going back. You're in it now. You're on the water slide. And you, there's no stopping. Yeah, it's so true. And, like, it's the thing is, like, it's everything in moderation, right? So, like, I wasn't, you know, just doing a little tiny joint or, like, one bong. Like, it would be five bongs in a row every day for a year and a half. And then the days when I was more stressed than others, who knows how much I was smoking. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fact that I never had money because I was putting it not towards hardcore drugs, might I add. All my money was going to marijuana. Yeah. I had a savings for weed. Did you really? I had a weed (laughs) savings jar. (laughs) Yeah. That kills me. Oh, my God. Before rent. Oh, Lord. That's, you know, that's bad. When you can't pay your bills and you're putting marijuana before your bills, you got a problem. Ugh. But, you know, back then, you're probably like, oh, this is normal. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Everyone does it. Yeah, not a problem. I was just putting all my boyfriends before myself because they would feed that addiction. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what was it like? When did you, do you remember? So I remember, so I just remember reliving the trauma Mm-hmm. of my sexual assault over and over and over again in that padded room where they put you in when you get admitted to KGH cuz like they're trying to figure out like what's wrong with you. Yeah. And the I, re- I yeah, I just remember crawling on the floor crying saying stop, no, no, no. I remember that so vividly. Um this is going to sound terrible. I remember being locked up in there and like I hadn't taken my birth control in days. So then my period started while I was in the room. I had my period too. Shut up. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. I was sticking pads everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. They had to give me like a diaper or something. (laughs) I remember. Yeah. I had to change my oh my like so embarrassing like what a fucking time to have your period I oh it. man yeah of course yeah of course oh <sighs> and then i just remember like my family came to visit me while i was still like in the observation stage of things yeah okay and i just remember my grandma just she was so sad and i feel like that might be like what almost trot was like a stepping stone to me waking up because the fact that like I so vividly remember that I feel like that must have meant something to me because I don't remember about 95% of that psychosis yeah so I feel like that got in and that stuck for a reason um I remember in the observation room, I was dancing. I thought I was like a pop star or something. Mm-hmm. Like this room and this weird bench was like my stage. Yeah. Um, and that was like completely normal to you. Yeah, yeah. Completely, completely normal. Yeah. But then I guess actually I almost should almost rewind because that's what happened when I finally got admitted. Okay. I... In whatever messed up psychosis state I was in, I knew that little bit of subconscious there was knew I needed to be in a hospital per se or just somewhere safe, somewhere where someone knew how to take care of me because I went to the hospital five times. Five, wow. It took them five times to admit me. That's bad. That's a broken system. That's a whole other bag of beans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. they're like, you don't want to hurt yourself? Oh, you did some drugs? All right, go home. Can you take a lap? You're good. <laughs> awesome. Drink some water. Sleep it off. Eat a cracker. Out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, there's something really wrong. I literally, Shana, I was calling the cops on myself. I did that. Like, I tried everything. Yeah. They would not admit me. Until I was at, like, my absolute most psychotic worst, where they were saying I had schizophrenia. Yeah, I said that that too. And then they started medicating me for schizophrenia. But it was a drug-induced psychosis. Yeah. How long were you in it for? Two months. Eh. (laughs) It's a month more than me. Yeah, two months. So you get... Okay, this is going to sound weird, but it it seems like you're two different people, right? Yes. Do you ever, like, think about that person and you're like, 
what's up <laughs> yeah like I don't know I feel like it's still like yeah I definitely get scared I sometimes think like if I drink too much or if I if I smoked too much because like I do habitually still use marijuana but more so like a vape I don't really yeah. smoke like bongs and stuff so much if I was gonna smoke actual bud it would be in a joint yeah yeah a little bit more mellow yeah, but even way. so like I get really scared like I think I'm slipping mm-hmm. I get that so like I do sometimes think like I could tap into that part and it's scary because you don't know yeah it's you have to be so self-aware extremely so but I think I'm too self-aware now yeah I really you respect yourself enough to yeah. change if you need to change. I feel the same way. I would never let myself get to a point where I was out of control of my mind, body, soul, any of it. Yeah. I don't let it get that far. Because we've seen the other side. Exactly. Do you remember the point of which when you came through? Like, do you remember waking up and being like, oh, I what happened the past, like, X amount of days? Yeah. Or was it more gradual? Um, it was gradual, but there are a few moments in time where it's like I slipped back into the present. Okay, yes. Like, there were a few moments. Like, I remember I was, so I had a broken hand. I had my period. So I All was in, in the class. hospital? Well, I was going through psychosis, yes. And they didn't put. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't think it would be a good idea to put a fucking cast on me. So I had like a tensor with like a mold. So I'd unravel it and I'd be using my broken hand because I couldn't feel a fucking thing. Of course. So I'm like trying to peel this orange (laughs) in in the bathroom. And then this nurse, young nurse comes in with a business card and she goes, hey, um, I'm so-and-so. I have this like in-home nursing care business. You're probably going to need this. And oh I'm, like, 19 God. years old, and I need a nurse. For the rest of your life? So I look at the business card, and I look, and I remember realizing what I was doing, trying to open this orange with my broken hand cast on and all. And I remember going, no, this is not the rest of my life. Oh, wow. And then every time I sniffed my hand, I smelt that orange, and I was like, no. <laughs> uh, no. No. I'm not doing this. <laughs> And then um, there was another moment where my mom brought in the, like, welcome week package for St. Lawrence. Okay. I was supposed to be going to school. And I was like, oh, wow. Yay, I'm so excited. I can write all this in my calendar. She's like, no, Shana, you don't get it. Like, you're not going. Like, school's next week. You're in the psych ward. You're not going. Oh, my God, Shana. So that clicked in, and I was like, oh, okay, I need to, like, I need to get better. But even when I was discharged – the only reason they discharged me is because I agreed to go to Heads Up. I don't know if you know Heads Up. I do know what Heads Up is, and they never gave me that option. Fuck. Oh, because oh, it's till 23 years old, 19 to 23 or something like that, right? Oh, yeah, and I was 24. Possibly. I Don't don't call me on that, but I think. Okay, fair enough. But I remember um, going to my first appointment there, and I still thought that there was a string between me and my mom, and if she went too far, it would snap, so I had to have her close. So I was still having delusions little... even after the hospital. Okay. But it, like, uh, I think, honestly, like, when I was better, like, not mm. not better, but, like, when I was – starting recovery and like actually could do things myself um was when I was eating more at home 
I was eating more and I was walking. So I was getting fresh air mm -hmm. and I was, I was at home when I got right. back home because it was what I used to do. I used to take a shower in that shower, sleep in that bed. And that's when I started to like, it was power of routine and like eating right. Oh, that's Because good. physical and mental is so connected as well. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a triangle, mental, yeah. emotional, and physical. It's all connected. If one is off, all three are off. You're out of balance. Yeah. The trifecta, baby. Yeah. So what about you? I felt like, so I, th I think the same as you, like I can't necessarily pinpoint it to an exact moment because like I only posed that question because my mom asked me that mm. when I came out of it fully, fully when she's like, okay, like she's fully like back to her, well, mostly herself again. Yeah. And I was, and I'm thinking, and it's the same thing. There would be moments where I'd be in present reality and I realized like this is reality and I wouldn't be like weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I would still kind of slip back and mm -hmm. then do some weird stuff. Yeah. But I feel like my, my, like the first, the first time when reality presented itself was when I was still in the hospital. And I remember, I don't know what time of night it was. But here's one thing. When you're in the psych ward, <laughs> I don't care what people say, you are a gosh darn prisoner. Like, you are a prisoner. Oh, you yeah, have yeah. a locked – There, everyone has, like, a cell. They yeah. say a room, but it's a cell because there's a locked door there. Yeah. They lock you in there tiny sometimes. Tiny window. Yeah. I got a tiny window. Were you in Burr 4? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Burwing, baby. So I was there and I don't know. So again, I don't know what time of night or day it was, mm -hmm. but I was out of my cell <laughs> and <laughs> I had my, my blanket wrapped around me and it's dragging across the floor and I'm walking with my head down and I'm pacing up and down the hall and suddenly I'm like looking around and I'm like, where am I? I'm like, am I in the hospital right now? Whoa. And I was like, oh, do you smell it right now? Do you feel it? Yeah. I have like, I have like a, like yeah. kind of like a, I feel Ugh. like lightheaded almost. It's like it's in, the, in my tongue right now. I feel almost like lightheaded, like thinking about it. Yeah. But I just remember cluing and being like. The egg salad sandwiches though. I wouldn't eat. I didn't eat. I love the eggs. What do you sandwiches. mean? Did you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I eat them every day. Ew! <laughs> I didn't so eat. Good. I literally came out of the hospital skin and bones. Oh, yeah. I was 89 pounds. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was probably like about 100. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I refused to eat. The only thing I would – well, this is funny. I would hoard <laughs> the apple juice. Would like you? there was a shortage I heard it, on apple the juice. Butter cups, the peanut butter little cups. No. I, I would steal them and everyone would see me. I'd shove them in my pocket and I'd bring them back to my room and they'd be like just stealing the peanut butter again. I had so many juice cups because they weren't even boxes. They were these little yeah. fair, fairly cups, fairly apple juice cups. Yeah. And I just had them stockpiled on the floor of my room. Hmm. I also hid my own glasses from myself <laughs> so i spent honestly the first week in the psych ward not being able to see mm. a darn thing and i remember my dad came and he was like she has glasses where are her glasses and they're like 
I don't know. Hmm. And they're like, we don't know where she put them. And now I'm thinking to myself, there was a gosh darn camera in that room the whole time. You people were watching me. You probably saw me put my glasses between the wall and the bed and you couldn't help me find them. Yeah. You guys suck. And I had a nurse in there that would like yell at me and like be mean to me too. I was going to ask how they were with you. They sucked. Yeah, they were. I nice. would never like, honestly, I swear people that go to the psych ward come out worse than when they got there. Mm hmm. Seriously. The only thing I'm thankful for is that I knew I wouldn't die in there. That's, They'd be able yes. to save our life. That's the only reason why that I'm, is like, very happy true. I went. That's the only reason. That is I knew so, I wasn't so going to die. Fair enough, actually. I never even thought about it like that. But you are right because I feel like my parents couldn't control me because, like, they tried. They tried to just get me to stay at home, but, like, they couldn't. Yeah. I would just, I don't know, something would pop into my head and I'd literally run out the door. Mm-hmm. They don't even know. They're like, where'd she go? I don't even know where I went. I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. But just some idea would go into my head and I would run out the door. I'd have to go fulfill whatever idea idea that was. Yeah. Were you there in the summer? Spring. Or like, or like spring. So it wasn't winter time? Did it you was, ever, yeah, it was a little wintry because it? it was March. So did you ever go out on like terrace, like out on the... No, I didn't. I don't understand why that's a thing because it's like... A balcony. It was just me and my dad out there. I was like, I could full-on sprint and jump off of this building right now. Really? Yeah. Well, my dad even said... I just didn't understand. There was was some weird stuff at the psych ward, though. My dad even said, like, do you remember the music? And I said, no. And he goes, they had some song on, and it was super inappropriate considering you're in a psych ward. And I wish I could remember the name of it or what it was. But it had to do with, like, I feel like things repeating itself and, like, living, like, in this loop of, like, over and over again, like, being trapped. It was a really bizarre concept, but my dad was like, I don't know why they had that playing. Like, it was very, like, disturbing, he said. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, nor do I. Thank God. (laughs) The only way I heard music, I remember, it was in the summertime. It was, like, the MMBAs were on TV and we were watching it. But other than that, I didn't listen to any music. I didn't know any current events. So when I came out, it was like I had so much to learn and catch up on. (gasps) Me too, actually. It's so funny you're saying that because, yeah, I felt the exact same. Like, I literally missed out on so much in those two months. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, but I definitely agree with you that getting back into a routine, like, really, really helped. Mm -hmm. I remember, so I didn't go to Heads Up, but I went to K, what's it called? A-A-M-H-S, the uh, uh, mental or mental health and addictions, Kingston. It's like right on Princess Street now. Okay. So like when I first started going, they were like kind of near the Grizz. Like, you know how people, right. there would always be kind of like weird. Is it on a sh- corner? Now it's on the corner. It's okay. on the corner of Alfred and Princess now. Okay. Actually right by my parents' house. Mm. So, um, when I went there, I had a social worker and I truly kind of similar to you. So how you had that orange and you said, no, I'm not, this is not going to be the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. And that lady came to you. So I had a social worker at the mental health place and she kept telling me like, no, you can't go to work. Like you're schizophrenic. You're this, you're that. 
And my parents said, no, she is going back to work, actually. Yeah. So they didn't have me doing a lot, but, like, I do one shift a week at Shoppers. Good. Um, just as the cashier. And um, I didn't have much mobility. So I don't know about you, but they put me on a lot of antipsychotics, a lot of anti-anxiety, um, schizophrenia medication, uh, specifically in Vega is what they were giving me. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't well enough, to remember to take these pills, they did a lot of them via injection. Right. So every month it was, I had to go to the pharmacy and they would inject me with uh, Invega, which is a a schizophrenic medication, Mm -hmm. a mood stabilizing medication. Uh, And that worsened me. So it made me very rigid. I was, I, I walked like, I don't know, like I was a bored yeah, like I would walk like that's what my mom said. I walked like this. I wouldn't sit around like this. <laughs> yeah, there was no like movement. Like I was so that is a yes. That is exactly yeah. how I would walk, Shayna. Yeah, and like Still I had board, no arm swing. I had no mobility and in you're my just hands. Staring in this, in exactly where you needed to go. Oh my god, yes. Like a zombie. Oh my god, yes. I took it an exam when I finally went back to school and I was on Abilify, my antipsychotic. Shut up. They put me on that too. And my classmate was like, why are you freaking out about this exam? I was like, I'm on Abilify. I'm like a zombie right now. I have, I have no emotion at all. Yeah, no. So that's my, that's like my biggest stink right now with the, the whole mental health profession is that over-medicating people is not helping them. No. Creating zombies is not a fix. No. So how did it feel the first time you cried after your medication was over? Oh, I was actually going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so remember how I was saying I was in denial mm-hmm. for so long about my, my assault, right? Mm-hmm. So I finally cried about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it felt so good. And I, like, I don't frequently cry about it, but, like, if I talk about it, yeah, I'm able to get emotional and it's good. I yeah. need to get emotional. It wasn't until after the psychosis that I actually felt something again. Yeah. But psychosis and then being off those meds, that being said. Very long journey. Yeah, extremely long journey. And I never actually got closure on the sexual assault until truthfully, like this past year, like probably the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. I'm finally able to talk about it, but then also cry about it because that is something I never did. Even right after it happened, I never cried. Mm-hmm. I never shed a tear. I always said, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Didn't want to show any. No. Yeah. Any emotion. And like, that's the thing is, so doctors want you to have no emotion, but that's not the issue. The issue with, you know, the bipolar or like chronic anxiety it's when that emotion takes over yeah it's when you can't you need control to build it. A tolerance yes that's what we learn about in school there's nothing wrong with feeling angry there's nothing wrong with feeling sad there's nothing wrong with feeling overly happy or anxious or anything we all have those emotions for a reason and we yeah. need those emotions to keep us in check yes. it's when those emotions last longer than just a moment in time. Yeah. That's when it's a problem. That's when maybe 
just maybe we do need a medication, potentially, but also maybe we should try therapy treatment first. That's just my, you know, opinion after going through what I went through and every situation's different. And I don't, you know, look down on someone who does take medication. Like if you have real life schizophrenia, please medicate yourself. But I did not have schizophrenia. I did not have bipolar. Yeah. So I did not need to be medicated. They call it an episode for a reason. And a reason, exactly. first episode, psychosis. And I felt that my doctor was fishing. He was fishing for things that I would say so he could slap that label on of you're schizophrenic, you're bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. Mind baffling. Because I remember even him, like, he would say things and I'd keep trying to correct him. I'd be like, he's like oh well have you ever had a manic episode before and i'm like only when i was in a psychosis yeah and he's like hmm (laughs) hmm interesting interesting and he'd keep writing then eventually he's like yeah so like i'm pretty sure you have bipolar and this was after i came off of the schizophrenia meds yeah (laughs) hello so they don't want to they you need to Figure out your whole client's life. What is your home life? What is your diet? Who are your friends? What do you like to do in your extracurriculars? It's not, oh, okay, so you've had this one instance here and you had this symptom, so this is what it is. Yeah. No, look at everything to come to a conclusion. It's all everything. Yeah. What are you eating? How much are you sleeping? Because that's a more general thing. Exactly. And then I'm going to feel, as a client, more open to tell you the power differentials between mm-hmm. clients and men, like health professionals. Mm-hmm. It's intimidating when yeah. you see someone like who you think you can trust and that knows their shit and is going to help you. Because there's a lot of anxiety that comes to picking up that phone and finding someone and then booking the appointment and then going to that appointment oh, every single man. week. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember canceling so many appointments, man. Oh, it is so stressful. It is so high anxiety. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I personally am trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah. I want to be a counselor, but I don't want to like be one in an office and then just like hope my client shows up. I want to figure out a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this means doing it in a coffee shop setting. Yep. Going shopping with someone and just chatting or like, I don't know what it is. That would be good though. So it's funny you're saying that um, just because like my counselor as much, well, she wasn't even a counselor. She was a social worker. So that's who I right. worked with at the mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a social worker and she would actually take me on walks mm. to talk. So, like, those are definitely things you can do, and I really encourage you because I think you could really change the world of mental health professionals. Like, I think we need more people like you entering the field that are real, genuine, like, people and not these robots out of a textbook that regurgitate the information and just put you under this general umbrella because every situation's different and every situation needs to be catered to differently. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many questions I get. So I do speeches, like oh, public speaking. I remember, yeah. And I did one recently for my friend. She works at uh, Youth Diversion. Mm-hmm. And there was like four counselors in there asking me questions. Really? Just picking my brain. 
and like we need more people with lived experiences to just go and meet like i've spoken a couple years ago before covid i spoke to the whole team at hotel do all, oh my god all the mental health staff doctors nurses secretaries came to the auditorium and i just spoke what we need more of that man i love to talk to some of these doctors man like yeah. what the heck like it's a different perspective they need it see yeah. me and you we had awesome parents but we diverted a little bit mind you we found our way back but we still diverted so we have a real life experience oh absolutely a lot of do you ever find maybe i don't know how much you talk about it to people but like sometimes i find like my friends will come to me if they're struggling oh yeah mine too a lot actually yeah which i appreciate but i'll they'll ask me like so what kind of drugs did you do and i'll say like i just smoked weed and they're like oh so you don't understand because i did harder drugs that's not true and i'm like okay well you came to me (laughs) and also i had a very shitty experience psychosis is fucked yeah like, it is. Oh my god. I'm glad it's you like stopped at worst. weed. They should be happy you stopped at weed. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, you just don't, you don't understand because you had it." I'm like, uh, "Okay, well, then why did you come to me and ask me then? You know what I did." But like, here's the thing: a lot of people nowadays, especially because it's legal and like everyone smokes it recreationally, I've heard people say, "Well, I don't feel that weed is a drug." Mm. (laughs) uh you're wrong it is a drug if i can't even have caffeinated coffee while in the psych ward you bet your i'll bet my bomb dollar that marijuana is a drug (laughs) because caffeine's a gosh darn drug yeah like and like the thing is is like you very much truly can be addicted to anything so like this narrative that people have of like you can't be addicted to weed why Yes, you can. Yeah. Why, yes, you can. Yeah. If you're smoking it every day yeah. and you got to have that bong in the morning, you cannot tell me you're not addicted at some level. Whether it's a physical addiction or a mental addiction, yeah. it is still a addiction. I used to, I think, I used to say, I don't know, I was probably mentally addicted to it, but I was definitely physically addicted to it because I would, I was like throwing up and not sleeping and I couldn't eat. And it's so funny you say I that. Like, What's wrong with me? Um, so I went, so when I was coming out of this psychosis, I went through that. I was really, really, really sick. And it was funny. I called uh, my stepsister and I was like, I'm really sick, yada, yada. And she goes, well, Mercedes, you must have been doing something way harder than weed. <laughs> That's what she said. You must have been doing something harder than weed. That is a narrative that people believe because they don't think you can be addicted to marijuana. Yeah. But you can be physically and mentally because even the doctors even tried to say, well, you can only like the thing with weed is that it's a mental addiction. Even the doctors said that to me. They said, you just need to fight it. Mm mm. It's not because I got very sick. I was puking and everything. Yeah. Headaches, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, you think about it. It's changing your brain. Your brain tries to rapidly adapt to what you're putting it through and it gets used to it. And then when you don't have it in your system anymore, it's going to be all out of whack. Exactly. Like anything. Like anything. If you're not feeding that. Yeah. That's like. It's like when you start to, when you eat junk food every day, mm-hmm. your body gets used to it. Yeah. And then you eat one vegetable and you shit for days. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, do you know what's funny about you saying that? It was 
Okay, so for a little while there, like, I was obviously super unhealthy, and I would eat a lot of junk food. Yeah. And I said, and I'm not joking, I said, it's almost like when I eat healthy stuff, my body's rejecting it. Yeah. Because I would feel sick after I had a real meal. There you go. (laughs) Oh, my God. That all just, you just, like, made that come full circle for me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. And then vice versa. If you eat healthy all the time and you have, like, one Big Mac. Oh my God, your body's like, I'm going to poop my pants right now. Yes. Yeah. That is too funny. So I wasn't crazy. Oh. <laughs> Only during the psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny when I'll, I'll be like, you're crazy. And I'm like, it's okay. I can say that. <laughs> right? Like, I'm like totally so okay with it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's totally a coping mechanism. Like, we joke. To, gotcha. You know, it. Get, it takes the power away from it and gives it gives us the power back exactly and like we have to be able to have these tough uncomfortable conversations or else yeah nothing will ever come of it we'll never break that stigma did like I, you were saying did i i don't know if i mentioned this but so i got a job a year after recovery like a, oh or a year after my psychosis okay and good for it you was by at the way the movie theater landmark over there I remember seeing you there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, but I didn't know that obviously you went through all that you went through, but no. I remember you working there. Yeah. So I was super excited. I finally got to work. They, along with you, said that I couldn't work for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I finally went back and um, my three month review, I went into my boss's office like the general manager of that location. And I was like, thank you so much, by the way. Like, I love working here. And I just want to tell you what this means to me because a year ago I was literally in a psychosis. And she was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I was like, yeah. So like, thank you so much for giving, this is my first job back. And like, you've made me feel, this has really helped me. I was working full time. She deducted me down to two shifts a week on the schedule. So I went to her and I was like, um, what is this? Like, what's going on here? Why did you dock? She goes, well, you told me. I just assumed that you wanted me to dock your hours because you told me that you're struggling mentally. What? And I was like, no, bitch. I was just opening up to you and saying thank you and being – that was the first person that I told. Oh, my god! Outside of my social circle and she docked my hours. So you think you're going to want to tell anybody else going forward? Probably not. I was so upset. Like, I, oh. I cried and I went home and I was so upset. Oh, my God. I'd be upset, too. That's crazy. I'm honestly – I mean, I guess I've never verbalized it to my, to my work, but – I'm really thankful because, like, they all, like, really worked with me. Mm. So I used to be, like, this superhuman at my job at Shoppers. Like, I am trained in every gosh darn department. I've been supervisor. I have decided not to be a supervisor just out of my own merit uh, for my own reasons. Um, But, like, basically when I returned to work during that time where – you know, my social worker was saying, I don't think you should do this. This won't be good for you. But it actually was good for me. It's probably why I'm actually mobile now. Yeah. Uh, but I just kept pushing myself every day. 
So they were very patient in that they'd give me a, a, a fairly, well, it wasn't really a large task, but it felt large for me because I didn't have that mobility. Right. So they'd give me stuff to stock the shelves. And Shayna, it was the most difficult task, most daunting task, most physically stressful task that I ever had to do. Yeah. To just unbox something, put it on the shelf. That was hard for me. Yeah. I was so rigid. It like almost kind of hurt to have to continuously make the same motion like that. Yeah. But they just said, no worries. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. That's really nice. And they were patient with me. They let me work like that and just basically suck <laughs> for like i i want to say a year but definitely like those first initial months back i was not very productive at all understandably yeah, yeah exactly and they didn't even really know like what fully happened to me but they just knew like whatever did happen like i couldn't move very well yeah okay but they would still give me shifts. Actually, they gave me a lot of shifts too. <laughs> they eventually, but I think they were just short staffed. <laughs> so they had yeah. no one else. <laughs> but like, I'd like work like just short shifts. I would never work eight hours. It was always four hour, three hour shifts. And uh, perfect. yeah, it was super perfect. And then I'd, I would always make a conscious effort to walk to work. Mm-hmm. And then walk home from work because I lived within walking distance. So I would just push myself every day. And that's hard too, I bet. Like, did you feel that self-stigma where you thought people knew? Absolutely. I felt people were judging me. People were watching me. I already know for a fact, I know because I've had people come to me. Uh, people saw me during my psychosis walking around like I looked homeless they Mm -hmm. said um they would say my name and I just was so absent-minded I couldn't even like I didn't even really know my name yeah I didn't either so yeah so like I definitely came out of it too like super embarrassed like and so ashamed and like it wasn't even just necessarily stuff I physically did like in real life but like I was posting very like just not good questionable things um so that's actually how my parents came to be aware like that something wasn't right someone someone called them and said have you checked in on mercedes today and they're like no why well i don't know she's writing a lot of stuff on facebook it's not making a lot of sense you might want to check in on her so that's when everyone knew all right something's not right with mercedes we got to get serious here. You know what I came to the conclusion? Yeah. So I like didn't know my name. Okay. But I think what I was doing where I was like, this version of myself doesn't deserve to be Shayna. Oh. So Shayna's somewhere over there being her perfect self and mm-hmm. I'm here doing this terrible thing. This is like, I don't know, Shayna number two. I don't know. I had names. Yeah. So here's that. That's funny that you bring that up was because in my psychosis, I felt I had different personalities, like the guy from Split. Mm. I actually wrote a post about that, apparently. Actually, yeah. oh, get this. 
<laughs> this mamacita went on Facebook Live oh, and no. broadcasted her crazy full tilt. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That was bad. Yeah. I don't even remember it. Uh, and I don't have a video of it because it all got deleted. Like, I guess my sister, like, took my phone and stuff and was, like, deleting everything and blocking everything and, you know, protecting me. Yeah. Like a good little sister. How old is she? She is, so at the time, so she's 17 right now. Oh, is she? Yeah, that's my youngest, youngest sister, though, because there is a middle one that is closer to our age. Okay. She, had, she had, like... The bangs? Yeah. They both did. Oh. <laughs> you so want to know why? Because they caught head lice. Oh, no. Poor fuckers. <laughs> I never got it, though. They all thought in elementary school, I must have been the one, like, carrying it. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> never had it wow anywho so yeah so the younger sister so oh gee she's 17 now two years so she would have been 15 while all this was going on that was incredibly traumatic for her it was traumatic for my family it was yeah. traumatic for me but yeah i feel really bad for my sisters and the, it's funny the 15 year old is the one that stepped up the most she would come to the hospital and visit me nearly every day, apparently. And I Aww. say apparently because I don't remember. Yeah. yeah My yeah. heart breaks to say that, but I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But she would sit with me apparently for hours just listening to me babble on about nonsense. Wow. Such a strong human That's being. That's so tough. Yeah. And she struggles too. I know she does and whatever it is that she struggles with. But she's so strong. She's so resilient. She is everything that I wish... I could have been at 15. She has such a strong head on her shoulders seeing her older sisters grow up and yeah. the trials of trib the trials and tribulations of which I faced and then also, you know, my other sister has faced. So she's so strong. She's good. She's solid. As much as like I'm sure you know she had to do her her mental health check and, you know, see a counselor, talk to someone, but she's good. She's way way better than I was at 15. Wow. So I'm happy for that. I mean, she's watched. She's been watching and yeah. absorbing so much and coming to her own conclusions. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt being an only child is I've only yeah. had adults. That is so true. I think being the youngest and seeing older people, being around people that are more mature, you kind of adapt to it, I think. Yes, absolutely. And when they make a mistake you learn from it. You're like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So I'm thankful for that though. Yeah. Cause she is the type of kid though, where she'll, she'll see that and be like, yeah, no, yeah. Not doing that. she's not the kid <laughs> yeah. that's like, who cares about that? I'm still going to try it. Like, no, she's not like that. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. There you go. So that makes you feel a bit better. Yeah. It definitely yeah. makes me feel better to at least know I've shown her what not, not to, to do. do. <laughs> exactly you know what's sad so when you mentioned your grandma mm -hmm. so my grandma came and visited mm. however my grandmother my angel baby i would literally murder somebody for her she's that like the is, sweetest little thing ever that's how i feel about mine yeah grandma's for the mm. win love them psychosis sisters yes girl so my grandma also struggles with psychosis but like what but like not just an episode. She battles it every day. She's on medication. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So re so this is something I've never known. So reoccurring psychosis is like a real thing. So that's not schizophrenia. This is a separate bag she of beans. Has psychosis, yeah. Okay. Weird, eh? That is really weird. So does she know uh you know if there's triggers for that? I think so. Okay. I think it's she had a very traumatic childhood. Okay. Like very traumatic. Oh gosh. So I think she has a lot of triggers. Okay. But she visited me in the hospital and I remember so she came and she ate lunch with me. Mm-hmm. And I was watching her and she'd eat so I would eat. And because you know, you're out of it completely, yeah. right? So she was eating, so I was eating. And I remember she brought her tray to the little where you put it yeah when you're done and i remember thinking it looks like she's done this before (laughs) really and then uh the whole family secrets open up and tell me oh the floodgates are open because no one cares to tell the younger kids in the family that there's mental illness but then when it happens we get explained to be more open in your family about mental illness and addictions because it'll benefit the young ones that are smoking weed. Yes. Be more open. Be more open, absolutely. We, we can't shelter people. No. We can't pretend that marijuana does not exist. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not what to do at all. We can't pretend that these things do not come up. I mean, yes, we are children, but at one point, like, or eventually, sorry, we become adults. Mm. And it happens pretty quick. And if we're not equipped, we fail. Yeah. And I think whether it's secrets with others or secrets with yourself, like not admitting things, that also is a big play in psychosis. Oh, I think you're right. Absolutely. Like not having the space to be yourself, Mm -hmm. to be open. You're hiding a lot. Yeah. Secrets. It's stressful. That's it's so funny you say that because I think, yeah, I think that was a lot of what finally like triggered the psychosis. Cause leading up, I was under a severe amount of stress. There was a lot of things happening that were quite stressful. I'm not gonna go into exact details because they're not really relevant. But yeah, I do recall being extremely, extremely stressed. So it's funny that you're bringing light to that. I think your body was just like, okay, enough. And then like I was even saying before, yeah, because I was in such denial and my body, like you said, was just like, this is enough. You need a reset. You're not going to keep going through the next few years denying that this crap happened to you yeah it happened to you and right now little lady you're gonna feel it yeah boom boom psych ward yeah that's right (laughs) i was i say i was either going to the psych ward or i was going to jail or i was gonna die man it's so funny you say that because i literally think that too and my parents were scared of that yeah they thought i was gonna end up dead or in jail yeah so thank you Thank you, psych ward. Yeah, literally. Like, I used to think, I used to be so mad. Like, when it first happened and I first got it, I was like, why me? Why did I end up in the psych ward? And then I was like, oh, because I had to change. Mm -hmm. It forced me to change. Yes, girl. And I don't know what they're doing. I hear the rest of my friends from that past life Mm -hmm. are doing much better. I've seen them around. They look amazing. Good for them. But you never know. Yeah. Everything happens 
for a reason. That's I know right. that's so cliche, but like honestly. It's so funny though. All of these cliche things that I used to think were cliche. Not so cliche. Mm-hmm. I have a really uh, different perspective of some of these sayings now and of even just celebrities and honestly these people that make it big it's just because they fully understand the true human experience people that understand what it means to be human and what it means to experience these trials and tribulations they've just cracked the code to life yeah so it sounds cliche but it's not it's it's the reality and the sooner you believe and internalize it, the sooner you can be happy. People come to me all the time for advice now and they're like, wow, like you're so wise. Like I've had a 45-year-old woman mm-hmm. come to me, me and I'm too. like, and I'm like, how do you not know some of this stuff that yeah. like I'm preaching to you right now? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, like I never knew. It just hasn't clicked for them, I feel. The biggest thing in my life that I want right now is to be in the present moment. Me too. I say that all the time. And it's so hard. And it sucks because sometimes I can, like, feel myself at least once a year just completely out of the present. Like, completely in the future or in the past. Just dwelling on something I can't control or doesn't. Me too. Doesn't matter. We all do it, girl. And it's – you can't just get out of it. You can't just snap out of it. No. (laughs) But it is true. And that's actually something that, like, I definitely struggled with for a long time. And, like, you you do – You have to teach yourself you cannot control things that you can't control. So don't be upset about things that are out of your control. Yeah. Small scale example. So, yeah, my fiance the other day, we unboxed this beautiful new pots and pans set, okay? We used it one time. I go to work. I get a phone call. Babe, you're going to kill me. (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) Well, I was just, like, putting the dishes away just like you asked. Uh, but a cup fell on the lid of the new pot set and it shattered everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, babe. I was like upset for like a minute and I huffed and puffed and I said, you know what? I can't be upset about things I can't control. And that's literally verbatim what I said to him. I said, Am I a little upset? Yeah, it sucks. It's a lid. It broke. But I can't control that. Did you mean to do it? No, it wasn't malicious. So why am I going to be, why am I going to waste my energy to be that cup? That's right. Yeah. But in that situation, it was out of my control. He was putting the dishes away. Yeah. So I'm not going to be upset about it. And that's just small scale. And you feel better when you're not upset about it. Yes. Exactly. And that's, I think, so I think the biggest takeaway through the psychosis is just the, like, you have to take care of yourself. (laughs) Well, YOLO, but also you got to take care of you. Like, I felt like I let myself go in the sense of, like, I was very people pleasing. I didn't actually think about myself and how I felt. Yeah. And I felt like the biggest takeaway message I can give anyone is, um, People treat you the way you allow them to treat you. That's a good one. So it's very important to set those boundaries and set them early on. Don't be afraid to speak up. Um, I would also say 
it's not as simple as you just give everyone respect right off. Like, yes, be nice, be cordial. But I mean, in the sense of just you need to, it's not you need to give respect to get respect. It's like, they have to give you respect first. Yeah. So I will enter a situation. I'll give that person respect to start. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as you show me disrespect, then you don't get that respect anymore. And I'm setting up that wall. I'm setting up that boundary of yeah. this is not okay with me. Yeah. And that's where I say you let people treat you the way you let them treat you. How should we wrap this up? Like what is your biggest, like what's your mindset now? being through all the things you've been through like where are you i'm just living life i just i just want a positive life it's all i want i don't know like i said i just live by the fact that like it really humbles you doesn't it (laughs) yeah like that's what i mean it it really does i'm just extremely extremely humble very very not showy like not superficial yeah like I find now it's like hard for me to get mad at someone about anything, like even when they're rude to me, because I'm always like playing in my head, oh, well, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they have bad anxiety. Maybe their mental health isn't good. Maybe they got attacked recently. Maybe they lost a loved one. (laughs) It's like made me like super like hyper understanding of like everyone's situation and like what everyone's going through yeah and i think also you know what actually you know what here's a big thing this is something i tried to explain to someone the other day they so i shared like my sexual assault story with them and they're like oh man i feel so bad like i'm just down in life in general you know like whatever their situation was that they were explaining it to me and they're like my scenario isn't half as bad as like what you went through. And Mm. I feel that, you know what, we cannot compare our situations to each other. Every one's, you know, trials and tribulations are very different from one another. But the common thing is just pain. We all experience pain in one way or another. It doesn't matter if you feel your pain was like less significant it's not less significant. It was significant to you. So it is significant Mm -hmm. and it does matter. And we should all show respect that it does matter and that you're hurting and we're going to fix that. We're going to fix the hurt. It doesn't matter what caused that hurt, but you are hurt and you are hurting and you are important and you are significant and we are going to fix and address that hurt. And that's how we're all equal as humans yes it's the feelings it's the feeling it's not what caused it it's the feeling itself wow yeah that's really good that's what i think that's i think maybe the main takeaway from all that yeah because we all have our story we all have a journey but the common theme is we've all hurt and we've all gotten through that mm-hmm. we're resilient as fuck hell yeah we are yeah And I really hate, this is like not even mental health. This is just feminism shit I'm about to say. Just right quick. One second. Let's get it on tape. I hate when someone will comment on, you look really good. You look, you know, like comment on my appearance. But they don't comment on the fact that I'm resilient. I'm strong. I'm assertive. I'm a boss ass bitch. They don't talk about that. Yes. 
people, guys, girls, like we're all guilty of it. I think a little bit, like I know I've changed how I speak to other women even. Um, but yeah, it's a very common thing. Why does that sit? Not sit. Why right is right? that sitting not right right now? Like, I look the same. I just look powerful because I'm confident. That's yes. what's different. It's not, it's not like my hair's always been blonde. You found yourself. That's what it is. And that's what radiates even through a, a picture. Yeah. Seriously. I know. I'm like, I feel the same. People are always saying like, you look good, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's I'm not just, it's, it's not, it's this. Inside. It's inside and it's radiating out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I we didn't even talk about. It. I got vitiligo now, eh? You all, I know you noticed, but like we didn't even talk oh, about yeah, it. No, I haven't even really. But it, like most, like you know, half decent human beings will never say anything. <laughs> but the odd person will be like, "What's up with your skin?" Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. So they think when that. When did that happen? After the psychosis. Son of a beach. I know. So not only did I get hit with the psychosis, I got hit with the skin condition. So I think that has also aided in my perspective mm -hmm. on life mm -hmm. as well. So they think it was due to what? Severe stress. Severe stress induced. Yeah. Which is probably what the psychosis was. Like it was the weed, mm -hmm. the, tri the trifecta baby. Yeah. So like definitely the weed didn't help. But then on top of that, the severe level severe levels of stress and then just that traumatic shock to the system obviously activated a gene do you think i'm having a light bulb moment okay stress mm -hmm. obviously when you think of weed you think of mellow yeah do you think because you're smoking so much weed but you're also super duper stressed it's like i'm wondering yeah if they're just too different like it doesn't yeah. compute yes like, it's almost like if you're stressed. doing an upper and a downer. And they're, yes, yes. They're both trying to fight each other. Yes, I do think that. Upper and a downer. So then whatever happened in that scenario went, whew, and it changed the entire physiology of my body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now I have vitiligo. So I got white spots. I got brown spots. It's interesting. A bit of both, baby. A little bit of both. Yeah. But that's where, again, I come back to race is a social construct. I'm... I'm physically appear to be black and white, but I don't have any white in my DNA. I am Chinese. Yeah. Chinese and African American. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I just, I'm bringing in feminism. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm bringing in the race. This is the best episode ever. <laughs> Episodes from now on, like this is set the bar so high. Stop it. Really? Yeah, like. This I guess is, we really brought in a lot this of is everything. This rebirth of the podcast right now. Thank – oh, my God. I'm like, so happy I could be a part of that. Like, I haven't posted since, like, July. Wow. This shit's about to get real. Oh, my God. Because we literally talked about sexual assault. We, like, yeah, like, there's just everything under this umbrella. Yeah. So, that's pretty awesome. And anything is welcome on this podcast. That's awesome. And I want people to come on and share their ugly stories. Yes. That maybe they're ready to open up about and talk about and like things that aren't societally normal. I don't know how to say that. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Yeah, just outside of the norm, like not the status quo. Because I am trying, that's like my new venture that I'm trying to be aware of is like, mm -hmm. what are things that are in my brain because they're like socially normal? Yeah. And, like, how do I get out of it? Like, I, I need to find these things. 
I finally realized them. Yeah, so you, yeah. I just finally did it and I broke myself down. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those experiences where I'm going to like be laying in bed later night and being like, shit, I wish I said that. Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Well, the good thing about me doing the intro after is if you do think of it, text me because I won't post this till Wednesday. We'll keep the Wednesday stuff okay. going. Okay. If you think, because I do that all the time. I'll record an episode, and then after I'll be like, oh, there's such a better way I could have said that. Right. Yeah, but I want to have more people on because, like. No, well, it's hard to generate content of just yourself. It is. It really is. And then I feel like I'm grasping at straws, and then then I dwindle it down. I think it's, like, my second or third, maybe fourth episode. It's only, like, 12 minutes long because I just edited and edited because I was like, this sucks. No one wants to hear this. This sucks. And then I have 12 minutes. I'm like. Like, shit. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. But I feel like, um, I like, I I think we need to do, like, a little psychosis group or something. (gasps) I have a Zoom. I have a Happily Mental Meetings. What? Zoom. Okay, well, obviously I need to join this group. Yeah, absolutely. And I told you that. we're due for another one. We're due. It has, we've had it. I'm not going to say any names, but there's another individual of which I know that has had a psychosis and they might be willing to speak with you. Yeah. They might be willing to speak with you. Like maybe if if they listen to this. That's what I'm saying. If they listen to this, then they might feel more comfortable to do it. Because there's honestly, girl, there's a big community of people that have endured psychosis. Yeah. And I'm only just learning about it more and more now. I didn't know anybody else in Kingston. Well, obviously I knew, but I didn't know anyone personally that had gone through it. Really? Except for my ex-stepbrothers, my mom's ex-boyfriend. I'm pretty sure he had psychosis. You might not want to answer this, but did you ever pee yourself? Yeah, I did. I did. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to admit it, but I did. I did too. I did. We said it. Oh, that's what I'm telling you. We're going to trademark this psychosis sister. Psychosis sister. I, I know. I swear to God. It's going on one of that, like, a cute, like, pink, like, light pink yeah. hoodie. Oh, my God. My best friend has her own business. I don't know if you've seen it on no, I haven't. My Instagram. But she literally does all my happily mental shirts. Oh, she does them? Yes. Okay. Well, we're, we're getting, getting them. We're getting her to do them. Yeah, we're getting them. Okay. Done. Deal. Handshake deal. It's happening. Not like that guy at the bar with the thousand dollars. We're actually, this is happening. (laughs) This is real. (laughs) Yeah, this is a real bet. That was a handshake deal. Yay. There we have it, my friend. How did you like the episode? I think it's, you know, one of my top favorites. Mercedes, thank you again so much for opening up and sharing with us your psychosis experience. I can 100% relate when I say it is a terrifying time and to finally be open about it and speak on the experiences cannot, you know, bring only bring tragic memories, but I personally think it's so empowering. And uh, I really hope you listening really enjoy it as well. Um, but I will leave you with that. I look forward to picking up the mic again and talking to you very soon. I hope you take something out of this and please reach out and let us know 
you know, what you thought of the episode. I really want to start having more people on. So without uh, taking up too much more of your time, I love you. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.